One person's Israel is another person's Egypt. This is Chapter, Verse, and Season, a lectionary podcast from Yale Bible Study. Join us each week as two Yale Divinity School professors look at an upcoming text from the Revised Common Lectionary. This episode, we have Joel Baden, professor of Hebrew Bible and director of the Center for Continuing Education, and Tisa Wenger, associate professor of American Religious History. They're discussing Exodus chapter 17, verses 1 through 7, which is appointed for the third Sunday in Lent in year A. Here's the text. Exodus chapter 17, verses 1 through 7. From the wilderness of Sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do for this people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it, so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massa and Meribah, because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Just after the Israelites leave Egypt, and just before they arrive at Sinai, there's a, a few chapters in, in the middle there, Exodus 15, 16, 17, uh, that start the process of the Israelites being in the wilderness. They're not to Sinai yet, and they're not in the 40-year uh, real wilderness wandering, but they're getting sort of a foretaste here of what life in the wilderness is like, and it's not particularly pretty. This is they, where they don't, don't have, like it. They don't have water. They don't have food. And the reading here uh, at the beginning of Exodus 17 is one of these short stories where they don't have water and they get water from the rock. It's, it's one of the water from the rock stories along with the parallel one in, in the book of Numbers. It's an interesting reading to choose because this is in no way a moment that celebrates the Israelites. This isn't one of their high points. It's not even one of their really good low points, right? Like the golden calf. Right. But I think it it is a story that um, many people in many communities can sympathize with because we all struggle and we all go through times when we feel like we're wandering in the wilderness <laughs> and we don't know who's going to save us. So I I think the the way this passage ends, is the Lord among us or not, is such a compelling way to end because it is just kind of like wandering in the wilderness, thirsty, hungry. Why Why did? Why are we here? Why did we do this? Yeah. Does it matter that it happens so soon, right? They've been out for 
a few days at this point. Right. God has just taken them out of Egypt. I think it does matter. They didn't last very long. It doesn't make them look very good. Right. And in fact, this is the prequel to you know what will be episode after episode of so what we call murmuring stories in the wilderness. But this one with that, as you say, with that final question, is the Lord among us or not, is sort of a paradigm for, for many of them, right? This is the question they keep on coming back to. Mm-hmm. They're stuck out here. And even though God says to them over and over again, did you not see all the things that I did? Mm-hmm. Right? And by the time we get to the book of Deuteronomy, God will say, right, I took you through this wilderness to prove to you that right, man doesn't live on bread alone and I take care of you. But uh, you know, to say, is the Lord among us or not? From God's perspective, this is an absurd question. Yeah. Absolutely absurd. Uh, it says the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord. They tested the Lord. They tested the Lord's patience is what they tested. <laughs> right. Um, first but and from foremost. their perspective, they are testing, is God really present in following Moses' leadership here? Are we really um, following God? Is God really present to us? Yeah. It's interesting that you bring up Moses because earlier in the passage— Right, the, the, they say is why did you Moses bring us out of Egypt to kill us? Right, there's a, a doubting not just of God, but of God's messenger. Well, they're doubting God, God's messenger in that is he really God's messenger? Is God really behind this, or is Moses is Moses a false prophet? Yeah. What does that mean then when we're talking about present day communities who, as you said, find themselves in this in this situation? The biblical point seems to be don't. Do that, mm-hmm. right? You're not supposed to test God in that way. You're not supposed to test God's patience. And yet God comes through in this story and brings water from the rock. Sure. But also with something of a, of a warning, um, if not in, in this story, then, then overall, right? God will, in just a couple of chapters, uh, say, look, the people doubt that I'm with them or not, fine, I'm going to show up on top of a mountain. Everyone's going to see me. We're going to do some things. And then I'm going to send you on your way. God originally says there, but I don't think I'm going to go with you because you're too stiff-necked and I might destroy you along the way. There's something about this that uh, even though it feels very like natural and authentic to us, from the biblical perspective, this is for sure not the way that the Israelites are supposed to be behaving. Mm-hmm. So my question is, when we place ourselves into the biblical story uh, and we say, we're just like the Israelites in the wilderness, is that where we want to be or is that where we're forced to be? I think there are some interesting uh, examples of that. You know, famously, I think Martin Luther King, in a a series of sermons, positioned the Israelites right here, right right on the edge Mm -hmm. of the wilderness, right about to enter the wilderness with a, a knowledge that... Stuff's about to be very difficult. And you can see communities of people wondering, you know, who are we really following? And then finding um, signs of God's faithfulness, right? Finding signs that they at least interpret as um, God proving his presence. But that's always, that's almost always contested. Just, yeah. Right? Where somebody else in the community says, you're reading that sign wrong. So even when it feels like water comes out of the rock, mm-hmm. especially these days when doubt is the, you know, 
the way to go. Reigning paradigm. The reigning paradigm. Uh, surely that water was a trick. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's interesting, right? In here too, right? The, the Israelites watch this happen. And still, in a little bit, they're going to forget. And they're going to do something bad again and again and again and again. Right. So it seems like um, the Lord in this story and again and again wants to demonstrate conclusively that he is, in fact, present among them um, so that they will just stop bickering and arguing and quarreling and murmuring. <laughs> but once again, they're at it. You know, they keep they keep doubting. Is there is there therefore something like – something built in about the persistence of doubt and the need for continual reminders uh, that both – is a constant looking to God to right, show us again, right? Mm-hmm. Comfort us again, right? Like make sure that we feel uh, taken care of. Uh, so th- that is an, an appeal to God, but also, again, I think here something of a potential rejection. Yeah, and I think on the one hand, they're testing God: is God among us or not? And God comes through. On the other hand, um, through this series of stories, God is also testing them um, by um, making them. You know, they're 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 suffering. They're wandering in the wilderness. There's a there's a need for them to prove their faith and their faithfulness. Yeah. And on the other side, when in fact they've proven their faithfulness or at least to the extent that God has not completely wiped them off the face of the earth. When the wilderness story begins, they are just out of Egypt and they're just cel- they're celebrating their freedom. But when the wilderness story comes to an end, they are on the verge of conquest, right? That's what they are being prepped for. Right. And I you know, I think as we think about where we situate ourselves, it's very easy to situate ourselves in a period of the wilderness and say, God, it's real hard for us. We don't often continue the story and say, but on the other side, we're going to really get to stick it to some folks. Mm-hmm. But that's generally not how the how the story goes. Um, but that is how the biblical story goes. That is how the biblical story goes. And in the biblical story and in uh, – so many stories since then where communities of people have patterned themselves out of the biblical story, that wandering in the wilderness gives a rationale and a justification for the, the, the conquest. And, you know, another thing in connection with this as we're thinking about the wilderness stories, um, wilderness is also a kind of relative term. Right? Like Mm -hmm. one community's wilderness might be another community's home. Yeah, I think that's I think that's exactly right. When we bring these stories from uh, historical events to sort of a a model or a concept, they become very malleable Mm -hmm. uh, and and can be used in all sorts of creative ways. And yeah, one person's Israel is another person's Egypt. Yeah, that's right. Thanks for listening. And thank you, Professors Baden and Wenger, for talking through some of Exodus with us this week. 
If you haven't yet, please take a few moments to rate and subscribe to this podcast. It really helps when you do. And for more Bible study resources, check out YaleBibleStudy.org. Chapter, Verse, and Season is a production of the Center for Continuing Education at Yale Divinity School. It's produced by creator and managing editor Joel Baden, production manager Kelly Morrissey, associate producer Aiden Stoddart, and I'm your host and executive producer, Helena Martin. Mixing on today's episode and our theme music are by Calvin Linderman. We'll be back with another conversation from Chapter, Verse, and Season. Season.